Hello, everybody. My name is Darren Schmitz, and today I'm going to be here to talk to you about VMware Cloud Foundation and deployments uh, that involve your existing investments. So again, my name is Darren Schmitz. I'm a senior principal engineer from Dell Technologies. And so here we go. Today uh, on the agenda, I'm going to give a brief VMware Cloud Foundation overview, um, talk a little bit about the benefits of using external storage with VCF, Get a dive a little bit into VCF and vSphere with Tanzu. Um, and last but not least, I have a live, live video demonstration of deploying a workload domain using the new iSCSI vVol storage in, uh, basic, in, in VCF 4.1. So with that, let's get going. So for VMware Cloud Foundation, a lot, if you're not familiar with the product, there are a lot of uh, use, there, there's a couple major use cases for it. So the primary use case for deploying VCF is uh, private and hybrid cloud. So um, in my opinion, one of the greatest things about VCF is it's basically uh, the on-prem version of uh, VMware Cloud on AWS. So um, you can provision your infrastructure, stand up your legacy apps, and then um, using uh, the NSX networking, basically make a bridge between the on-prem and the cloud for hybrid cloud. Um, the second primary use case for VMware Cloud Foundation is modernizing applications. So um, either you're developing a new application, a containerized application, or you're converting an, an existing legacy application into um, a, a more container-based architecture. Cloud Foundation is great for that. Um, and last but not least, um, one of the um, other use cases for VCF is um, automating a Horizon VDI deployment. And by that, you can download a couple of modules and it basically wizardizes, uh, if that's a word, uh, the deployment of uh, a Horizon into VCF. When we look at VMware Cloud Foundation, um, there is the bill of materials is basically the listing of all of the software that kind of brings up uh, it's what makes up the SDDC or the Software Defined Data Center. So um, at the top of the list, um, you're going to see SDDC Manager. And when you first have a uh, VCF deployment, what you do is you deploy a OVA, a virtual machine called Cloud Builder, and you feed it some parameters, and it goes off and it deploys vSphere, vSAN, NSX, and vRealize Suite Lifecycle Management. So, and then last but not least, it deploys a virtual machine called the SDDC manager machine to uh, look over everything. So that's the main software components of VMware Cloud Foundation. In addition, um, there's a couple of add-on components, most of them in the vRealize uh, suite of products, um, also Workspace ONE Access. Those are all things that you can additionally add in if you need. So let's start looking at the hardware, physical hardware overview, because uh, a lot of people are curious, you know, what does this look like um, if it's sitting in my data center? So when we look at Dell EMC storage um, and helping the portfolio, really with VCF, you start with a minimum of four nodes. And this can be expanded to uh, a rack, full rack, many racks. 
Um, you add some top of rack switches and maybe even a management switch. Um, the key is that you're adding a bunch of compute and basically servers that, uh, you know, don't all have to be the same. You know, you can have high-powered servers, medium-powered servers, and whatnot, and throw them in a rack and start creating uh, what they call um, workload domains. But in any case, the first four servers that you deploy for VCF have to be the management domain, and that's a minimum of four servers, but depending upon how big you're going to scale, it can be, scale up to the uh, vSphere uh, configuration maximums. So, like I said, if you were to grab a bunch of hosts, um, any number of hosts, again, this conforms to the vSphere maximums, um, you can create what's called a workload domain. Um, one, two, three workload domains, racks full of workload domains if you want. Now, some of the key things that I'm talking about today is really the add-on of Dell EMC storage or any storage in general um, to a workload domain. So in my lab, obviously, since I work at Dell Technologies, um, I have a bunch of Dell EMC PowerStore and Unity arrays, or you can create a workload domain with uh, PowerMax, Platinum Storage, depending upon the workload. So that's part of um, what, what I really want to drill home today is that you, you don't have to, you know, the the deployment with VCF is super flexible, especially with VCF 4.1. So let's look at some of the storage options. So as I said, the first four servers, the management domain, those have to use vSAN. Uh, the vCenter is everything that gets rolled onto that. Is, uh, it just, it's mandated that the management domain is backed by vSAN. However, the workload domains that I was just talking about, they can either use vSAN or external storage. And we when we talk about external storage, there are two terms that I want to introduce to you if you haven't heard them before, principal and secondary storage. And by no means does principal mean um, a class of service with the storage. It's not that the principal is like the tier one storage and the secondary is the tier two storage. No, um, when I say principal and secondary, all I'm referring to is the order in which it's deployed. We call print the first data store that's deployed that's deployed, the principal storage, and any data store that's, once the workload domain is up and running, any data store you add after that is secondary storage. So um, again, the principal and secondary is does not denote the class of storage, it's simply when it's deployed. So for those principal storage options, like I said, new to VCF 4.1 is the VVOLs, and that's supported by iSCSI, Fiber Channel, or NFS, but for principal, you can use vSAN, obviously, NFS v3, um, or what they call VMFS on fiber channel. Now, supplemental storage options, the two options that you just simply can't use to deploy a workload domain is just NFS v4 and VMFS on iSCSI. The rest of everything is available for supplemental storage options as well. So, from the customer point of view, um, one of the key, I th in my opinion, some of the bad, the external ben the benefits of external storage is um, obviously with VCF is leveraging your existing storage array investments, right? So if you have a 
an array in the environment that's maybe underutilized, has extra performance that you don't really want to, you know, go by the wayside. Obviously, you can use this for storage in uh, a VCF environment. Um, a storage array is an important and sometimes expensive investment, and it's best some customers like to leverage that. And so, um, the second benefit I think with VCF and external storage arrays is that you can scale storage independently of the workload domain compute. And that's important because um, when you're using vSAN, you often have to scale the storage with the compute. And if you have a uh, really compute low type workload and you have um, that requires just a ton of capacity, it's nice that you can attach a SAN to the externally and uh, scale that independently. Um, the third reason benefit for using external storage is uh, obviously if your business is dependent on some uh, features that are embedded in the array that um, are important to the business, replication, deduplication, metro cluster, stuff like that. So that is um, you know, one, one additional reason for external storage arrays. But the final reason is um, just basically performance. So there are certain high demand workloads that um, just require external storage. So if the workload, if, if vSAN is not desired for a particular workload, then that's where maybe an external array can fill in and fill that gap. So let's talk about vSphere, uh, vSphere with Tanzu on VCF. So in my opinion, one of the greatest things about um, Tanzu on, v, on VCF is that it is super easy to deploy. Basically, you create a workload domain, as you see on the right-hand side of the diagram. You basically create a workload domain. This deploys NSX. Um, after that, you deploy an edge cluster. You enable workload management. And basically, it's up and running. You can run uh, TKG on top of that. Um, maybe load up Harbor, whatnot. Um, but the great, greatest thing about this is that it is completely lifecycled by VCF. So it takes care of updating all the components when, uh, when it's time to get to the next version of stuff. Um, this is great, obviously, uh, because as we are moving on to the next generation of uh, apps, um, this allows people, obviously, to make new containerized applications or convert existing in-house applications to container-based. So if we bring this whole thing together, um, I think one of the greatest benefits of VCF, especially when you pair it with external storage, is that you can have your virtual machine workloads, which are maybe even your traditional uh, virtual machine workloads, side-by-side with the cloud native applications, right? So this gives the administrators a one-stop shop, a one single pane of glass to um, administrate everything and work on everything. Um, and because of that, that obviously simplifies modernization initiatives. If there's applications that are um, being converted in the environment, all the better. So the cool thing about external storage, especially when we're talking about VVOLs um, being brought in as principal storage into VCF, is that these containerized applications that require the persistent storage um, can utilize any data store. 
So as you're adding supplemental storage or principal storage to the workload domain, all you need to do is add a tag to that data store, which tells uh, the, 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 the Tanzu, the Kubernetes, that that is eligible for containerized uh, persistent storage. Um, so the great thing about that is that you can have different storage types underneath. Kubernetes doesn't care about it. Um, and obviously with that, SPBM is utilized in the, you can use that in the environment. Um, if there's one thing I want to convey is that BCF with external storage just is simply adds flexibility. Uh, you're really getting the best of both worlds. Um, external storage and that flexibility um, really uh, adds to the on-prem environment. Um, and from there, um, that could be extended into the cloud or hybrid cloud where you have certain apps out in maybe a VMware cloud on AWS that talk back to the on-prem application. The great thing about this is that, uh, as I said, flexibility, apps can live anywhere. So with that, I'm going to get to the live demonstration. So with VCF 4.1, uh, we have the addition of VVols as principal storage. So in my lab, I'm going to show setting up an iSCSI workload domain that does that is backed by VVols. So the first thing I want to show you is in the network settings. When we create the network pool and give it a name, you're going to notice that the new thing in VCF 4.1 is a network type. Um, they added a dedicated iSCSI networking type uh, for iSCSI traffic with BCF. Now, previously they had NFS, um, but in 4.1, it adds iSCSI so that when you create that workload domain, um, it can basically create VM kernel interfaces for the iSCSI traffic. So you'll see we add these networks and we hit save and that basically creates our network pool. From there, the next thing that we need to do is add our VASA provider. So to do that, there's a new section called storage settings. And as you can see, I have multiple different arrays in my lab, um, but I need to add my power store array because that's one we're using for iSCSI today. So when we add the VASA provider, all we're doing is adding a name, the, the URL to the VASA provider, the username, password, uh, matching up the, the container name and the protocol. And then we can hit save. So uh, again, multiple arrays in the environment, you can add multiple VASA providers. To set this up, previously, all we did on the ESX host is basically we went into the uh, iSCSI and enabled it, cut, cut and paste the IQN, and then added the dynamic target to the bottom. And basically that prepares the ESX host to talk to um, the array when the workload domain is rolled out. So on the array itself, the only thing that I had to do, this is the pop, my power store array in my lab, is all I had to do is go in and add uh, all the hosts. And as you can see, what I did is I simply added the host and pasted the IQN in there. If you'll notice, it's not active yet. There's no active sessions to it yet. It's just simply waiting for the connection when the workload domain gets rolled out. So when we flip back to the SDDC manager, um, the next thing we need to do is commission the hosts. So I click on that. Here's the checklist of all the things that need to be done to the hosts. As you can see, I already completed those. Now I'm going to import a JSON file to make this a little bit faster. 
I upload that and then I can uh, basically start the validation for commissioning the hosts. And I'm going to fast forward this uh, so that we don't have to wait several minutes. This does take a, you know, a minute or so for that to complete um, the validation. But once we do that, I can click on next and commission. So while this is commissioning the host, we can basically go out and look at the tasks. As you can see, it's, it's running. And the commissioning takes about two minutes in my lab. Um, and once the hosts are commissioned, um, they are all ready to go for creating a workload domain. So we flip over to our workload domains, say workload domain, VI workload domain, and here's where we choose from our, for our principal storage type. And in this case, we're picking vVols because we're going to use iSCSI vVols. And we say begin. And I'm going to cut and paste basically all the information into this. But the, the information is just basically, you know, names, cluster, the vCenter information is what I'm putting in now. Um, and putting in the passwords for vCenter. Here's where we put in the networking information for NSXT. Again, we're putting the, uh, the, man the managers, the FQDNs for the managers in there. It automatically does the name resolution for the IP and put in the passwords and say next. This next screen is where we specify the vVol storage that we want to use. So I'm using iSCSI and that's going to allow me to select my power store. And then we pick the storage container that I'd previously specified, the username I want to use, and then I can just paste in a data store name for that particular data store and say next. On, this, on the host selection screen, I basically am just picking the four hosts that I want added to this workload domain, and I say next. I select my licenses and say next. I review the object names for the, the switches and object types, and then I say finish. And this gets the workload domain deployment started. So if we drill down into the task, we've got to wait a second for the task to be populated, but in a second it will be there and we can click into it. As you can see, there's dozens of tasks that uh, the workload domain needs to do, rolling out vCenter, rolling out NSX, um, deploying a bunch of stuff. It, I'm fast forwarding this, but in my lab, it takes a, it took about 49 minutes to deploy the workload domain. Uh, but when that's done, um, what I want to show you is that when we click on the workload domain, as you can see, it is listed as uh, the storage is listed as vVol storage type. If we click into the domain and we open up vCenter, if we open up the vSphere client, this is going to bring us to our workload domain. It's again, it's a linked vCenter. So as you can see, my four hosts are in there. And to demonstrate vVol is working, I'm just going to basically create a brand new virtual machine um, just to create the, the vVols for this particular virtual machine. So type in a name for it. I type in... I, select the cluster, I select the data store that that particular uh, virtual machine is going to be put on, I select the operating system, and I say next. 
verify all of that information, click finish. And in a few seconds after that virtual machine is created, um, it's all done. And we can flip back over to the array to see it all in action. So if we click on storage and go into our storage container, you can see my VCF storage container that I specified earlier. If I flip over to the virtual volumes, you can see all of the virtual, the demo VM virtual volumes and the cluster service VVOLs that the workload domain rolled out for that particular domain. So again, um, external storage uh, is, is really beneficial when you add it in with VCF. As I said, there's tons of benefits, but the main benefit is adding flexibility to your deployment. So there are a couple of additional resources if you'd like to learn more. Um, one of the documents that I maintain is the uh, Validated Designs Dell EMC Storage with VMware Cloud Foundation. If you Google H17921 or click on the dell.com slash storage resources and drill into the uh, one of the, the Power Store or Unity section, um, the document is in there. This guide is a step-by-step -step walkthrough on if you're a EMC customer um, or Dell storage customer, um, it really is a step-by-step -step guide on how to implement any of the storage arrays in the Dell EMC lineup uh, as principal or supplemental storage in your environment. Obviously, the VMware Cloud Foundation link is out there for additional information about VMware Cloud Foundation. And with that, I want to thank you very much and have a good day.